you ever been to a volcano? Women with a rugby? You're now listening to Super Bowl. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. It's pretty. It's so pretty. We just won a fucking ball. That's what you said, man. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about Super Hoopers. Welcome to Super Hoopers, inconsequential discussion of the week's NBA news. I'm your host, Matt Hill, and it's just me today. I am all alone. John and Dave have abandoned me. Uh, They've gone on uh, their respective honeymoons. John, a a year later, I guess, is uh, not sure exactly how that works. Um, But it's just me. And so I thought, you know, why not put out a podcast? I put the call out to some of the Patreon supporters. So I have a couple of those uh, coming on. but off the top, I thought I'd maybe just give kind of my thoughts on um, the Christmas Day games and kind of the state of um, of the of the league uh, currently. So you know, out east, I think it's a lot of fun. So out east, if you look at you know the 538 stats or um, whatever, like the um, you know the ratings, the advanced, the the point differentials. All that, you know, the, the the Bucks are like way out ahead. They're like a, a, a historically great team. 12.7 current point differential. Like this is a team that, you know, will, you know, that predictably or whatever, what the stats would predict is they're just going to steamroll through the uh, the regular season and then, and then the postseason uh, on their way to the finals. But what we saw on Christmas was, you know, they, they looked rather flat and Giannis looked rather, rather flat in a loss to the Sixers. And so the East is really shaping up to be, I think, super fun, where, you know, Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Sixers, Raptors, and even maybe the Pacers when Oladipo comes back, you could really tell yourself a story about any of those teams winning. So even though, you know, the Bucks would seem to be the clear favorites, you know, it's it's fairly wide open, and I think that will be a, a very fun playoffs and kind of a fun rest of the season. I think we all kind of know who these teams are. And there's not a lot of huge con- concerns. I mean, I mean, I guess Embiid's health is always going to be a concern. But in general, like, these teams are pretty healthy. And they are, like, kind of what we think they are. And also, like, with the, in the case of the Raptors, Raptors and Celtics, they've been shown to withstand, uh, be able to withstand injuries. And so I think this is shaping up out east to be really fun. Now, the Western Conference, I feel, is a, a different story. Like, I feel like in the West, it's Lakers or Clippers. Um... I don't really. I mean, we'll talk Rockets later on with uh, with friend of the show uh, Lucas Pagan. But I mean, I don't really trust the Rockets. Like, I just don't. You know, I don't. I don't. They haven't really proven their postseason uh, bona fides, and so I think. You know, I don't. I think they'll disappear. The Nuggets. Something just seems off with them. They're not quite as good as they should be. They have a lot of players that you know take games off. That I don't know if we can really trust. The Mavericks are too young. The Jazz have disappointed and. So you're really looking at the Clippers and Lakers, and unfortunately, um, I think that's going to just come down to whoever's healthier. Um, you know, whatever, whatever team has, you know, um, their two stars at, at better health is 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 probably going to win. Um, so I think it's a little more boring uh, out west, where basically where you're just waiting for that Western Conference Finals to start and hoping um, both teams come um, at full strength. A lot of fun at my house. 
as I was the only Clipper fan at the house, uh, you know, rooting by myself. Uh, my relatives turned my own son against me, got him to shout, uh, let's go Lakers. But who got the last laugh? It was me. You know, of course, the Clippers eking a win out, putting the cap on just a perfect, uh, perfect Christmas. But anyways, I mean, that's how I see the, uh, the West and the East shaping up. Let's go now to friend of the show, Lucas Pagan, who's a Rockets fan. Um, and let's just jump right in to our conversation. Yeah, so I'll just kind of talk about the Rockets game for a quick second. Um, I was actually, I saw a stat that pulled up on Twitter recently, and uh, it was, it pretty much matched up with what I saw. So the Warriors decided to double-team Harden as soon as he touched the ball at half court. And it makes it pretty boring because what happens is he passes it to all the players that aren't him, and they suck. So it was, uh, it was a little brutal. They had uh, 29 open looks from three. And they went seven from 29 on open looks from three. I mean, they shot more than that, but that's what they shot. And it was just super boring to watch. Uh, other teams have been doing that quite a bit to Harden. They double him as soon as he crosses half court. Denver did it, and they had like a lot of success. And then after that, other teams did it. So this is probably about 10 games in that other teams have done this. And it's probably the only, only the second loss they've had since teams do that because playing four on three is pretty hard for the defense. But... They did not do well on the Christmas game, so it was a total bummer to watch. I was, yeah, very pleasant person to be around. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you? So I had it on in the background, like I had it on mute, where I was like, kind of like half looking at it as you know Christmas was going on right. uh, around. Do the Warriors play particularly well? I mean, like, do, don't, yeah, they don't actually. They... No, yeah, yeah they played ahead. great actually. So it was it was shocking. So Draymond Green was hitting uh, threes, which has been a little rare this season. In the past few seasons, he had a pretty good performance. Um, there's some guy, I don't even know his name, but he had like, I don't know, 10 or 11 rebounds after the first half, and he was 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Like every time he touched the ball, he was like getting a put back and going to the line. I don't even know who the dude was. I literally can't remember his name, but it's some there guy on the all, Warriors. There's, there's, there's Kai Bowman. Uh, there's nope. Eric Pichel. Nope. I mean, <laughs> Someone <it>. different. <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein, nope. which I would imagine you would know if it was Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, I don't remember who that dude was. I, I, who knows? I, I remember considering picking him up for my fantasy league, and the uh, little advice on Yahoo was don't bother. And I was like, okay. Don't and then this dude lit up the Rockets. <laughs> this was an isolated incident. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> are you so Are you from Houston? So I grew up in the Houston area. I grew up in a suburb of Houston, um, but I moved away after school, and I've been in Central Texas and Austin the rest of the time. So I just kind of, I didn't always watch the Rockets or basketball growing up. I remember when the Rockets were winning their championships, I was a huge fan of the Orlando Magic because of Shaq and Penny. But right. um, I started to watch after they got Jeremy Lin and I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'll get back into basketball, got League Pass. And then the Harden trade happened like, I don't know, probably five days after I signed up for League Pass. So I basically have been a Rockets fan again since the uh, the Harden trade. I didn't really stick around for the Yao and uh, T-Mac years. But 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 sure, I mean, surely you must know Harden is divisive. But so you fully aware. For, <laughs> but for you, you were like watching it, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I love watching this well, guy. So like, as soon as he showed up, like his first game with the Rockets, I don't even remember what the stats were, but we'll just say he had 35, eight and eight. Like he had a great first uh, game with the Rockets, and I was like, man, this team's pretty good. So they've been competitive. I think their worst season, they went 41 and 41. Uh, they, I mean, they win a lot of games. And they're in the playoffs every year. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch. And as far as, like, when I, 
people say they don't like to watch Harden. I like watching. Uh, I don't like it when he's double teamed because it just gets really boring. But um, as long as he's not shooting like 20 plus free throws, it's pretty enjoyable to watch. I always like his dribbling, finding the open pass, going to the rim, whatever he's doing. The step backs are fun. All of it's fun for me because, I mean, it usually leads to wins in the regular season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I do think, you know, I don't like watching him, but I think – if you were a fan of the team, I th- I do I can understand how it would be enjoyable because he is kind of a gangster. Like it's just like with the step back and like getting to the rim. It's just when you're watching it, you feel like he's kind of breaking basketball, or there's you know it's it's maybe he plays like bad faith basketball where he's like trying to use the rules to his advantage. But I mean the rules are there, so the I can fun- understand if you're if you're rooting for him, you're just like this is awesome. Yeah, the fun thing is that, like, it almost seems like the only thing that can get him off of his game is, well, it's two things. Uh, if he doesn't get foul calls, that throws him off his game. Like, he, his whole game will fall apart. Um, and uh, if he's missing shots. Otherwise, defenses can't really do too much to stop him. Their Warriors did a pretty good job. Like, he literally just would fire it up from, like, 28 feet to try to hit a couple threes. He had a few in the second half, but... It just It's rare that defenses are what throw him off. It's usually like he gets in his head like he's missing shots or he thinks he should be getting free throws when he goes to the rim and he's not getting them. Those are the two things that seem to throw him off. Yeah, it seems like he basically has this this skill of being able to draw fouls. And so and it, it like part of that would be like knowing exactly what a foul is and knowing exactly what's going to get called. So if the refs aren't calling it, it's like you know, scrambles his circuitry or whatever. Well, yeah, I think it was like two seasons ago. He had, he had figured out that when he comes off of a pick, defenders stick their arm between the the person, the screener and him. And so he would just go up for a jump shot and they had to change the rules of the next season to say that that's not continuation. You have to gather and be shooting. And so they literally changed the rules because he was shooting so many free throws from the three point line because he would just (laughs) start to shoot as soon as someone reached between him and the screener. So yeah, he's definitely aware of like what is and isn't uh, against the rules. And he tries to get every single point possible, (laughs) which I understand is annoying, but it's also Pretty awesome when you just see him just like get a three point shot, and if he makes it, it's even more fun. <laughs> so, well, he, I mean, he is like, I mean, he's, we haven't we haven't really seen people compare him to Ginobili, but it's just he does have these weird talents of like understanding the rules and exploiting the rules and, and being able to draw fouls like no one we've ever seen, and then his step back three pointer is kind of like uniquely his, or he's the first guy to really do it in that way. Um, so I can see him being fun, although he does. He does seem rather boring, like in terms of like from a from a personality standpoint, or do or or do you not uh, or do you do you enjoy his his antics or whatever Man, or, or lack of antics? His his personality is pretty bland. Like when he uh, like after a game, if he's doing like a quick uh, interview on with a court reporter, it's it's pretty. Uh, he doesn't say much. Like it actually, it's I've always noticed that athletes tend to answer a different question than what's asked. They have their like pre-recorded answers almost. He is no exception to that. So he's always just like going, oh yeah, we just won this game with our defense, which is almost never true. So <laughs> I'm just trying to figure, he's not very interesting outside of it, but I always like watching the, the moves he makes to set up. It's a, it's a feint and then another feint and then he crosses and s- sets up again. So that can be entertaining too, but I can also see how people don't like to just watch someone dribble, but I, don't Do you know. have- I have my preference. Yeah. Do you have an explanation for the playoff disappointments? Like he seems to disappear in the playoffs or do you dispute that or do you? I, or? I don't. So he has had for sure legit flameouts. Like the game seven 
or six, was it against the uh, Spurs about three years ago, when people were like, oh, maybe he had a concussion or he was exhausted or whatever. That one was inexplicable, the worst flame out I've ever seen. And then, of course, the famous series against the uh, Clippers where he was on the bench when Josh Smith learned how to shoot threes. Uh, and oh, for yeah. Brewer. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those two, those are inexplicable. But otherwise, like, his performances, like, his numbers are there. Like, and he keeps being stacked up against the Warriors who had – way more talent on the court and his best player would be, I don't know, Ryan Anderson one series or Chris Paul for two series or whatever. And Chris Paul gets hurt. So like, I feel like he's performed well considering the talent, but he's stacked up against the Warriors. So I don't think it's necessarily a fair comparison to say that, Oh, he failed to beat the Warriors because most everybody did. Right. Although he has definitely flamed out before. (laughs) He doesn't seem to elevate to another level. Like he doesn't seem to have another gear that he can go to. Yeah. But his regular season gear is, a gear above most everybody else. So he averaged like 35, six and six against the Warriors this past postseason, which is really good, but it wasn't good enough and it wasn't better right. than his regular season numbers. Do you, so why do you, why do you think there is such vitriol towards Harden? Um, do you think it's just, just people get annoyed at the fouls or? I, I think about it sometimes. I almost feel like it started that way. It was that coupled with like, it was really easy to find clips of him playing really crappy defense, but I don't know. It's almost like it, it became almost fashionable. So like you just hopped on one side or the other and it's just it's where you landed. And so people just stick with it regardless of what the actual uh, facts are. So like he could have a good game, play decent defense and they lose the game. Well, they're like, well, it's his fault. Like, but it just it kind of it almost like it defies <laughs> rationale. Sometimes you just whatever you want to land on, you just go with it. It's very tribal. Well, we do you won't think talk politics, it even- but it feels like that. <laughs> Do you think it has anything to do with Maury? Like, do you think the the general manager being so open and out front about analytics and then that corresponding to how the Rockets play, do you you think any of it, like the hate for Harden gets, comes from also maybe dissatisfaction with with Maury? Yeah, I don't know, because it seems like Maury's, I guess as far as GMs go, he's pretty uh, famous, but it it almost seems like he's, he caught a lot of heat within the past two years. Obviously, he had his uh, China issue this offseason, but then he had the whole report that he released with the league's uh, refereeing data in the Warriors series, I think it was this past season, um, where he just, he's like, this is what they showed on from the, the referee's internal data that they don't release, but we're releasing it and our own report, all this stuff. So he got a lot of hate for that. So I don't know if that's a big deal, because I know Harden was getting a lot more hate before that. So it's got to be the defense and the fouls. I don't know if Maury factors in as much, although he's probably amplifying it a little bit now. Yeah, yeah, I would guess so. All right, should we play a little guess the uh, guess the Avi? Yeah, I'm um, ready. <laughs> I, I have since you know I knew you're coming out. I pre- prepared a Harden based one, so I found a tweet from Jackson Frank, and he like took a clip from the Christmas Day game uh, where the Rockets are on offense, and he just says, "Watch uh, James Harden on this possession," and basically James Harden strolls up the court and is out of the play like the entire time like he's behind the half court line like most of the play and he finally sort of comes up as the 24 second clock is is uh is counting down so it's just him basically taking the offense uh possession off i don't know have you did you see this circling uh circulating around at all or i have not seen that you know just like as you were talking about it before it's like it's easy to find you know harden being disinterested clips so it's just another one of those <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, and a lot, some of the responses to the tweet were like, yeah, show the other 38 minutes of the game that he played, you know. Where he was. <laughs> well, it was, uh, I, before we get into it, I was going to say, it's pretty funny because like he would get double teamed, so he'd pass the ball away. And then instead of trying to like move or do anything else, he would just stand there because he was like, what's the point? <laughs> so you would just see him like <laughs> totally be pissed off. He'd like walk across half court, pass the ball, and just stand there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, all right. So I, as I as I like to do, I just do responses to this tweet. Um, so our first response uh, is, been saying this for years, this dude is an absolute fraud. Disappears <laughs> off the entire screen when he doesn't have the ball. So useless in every other facet of the game. Why he'll never be as valuable as Curry or Dame. Cut, screen, anything. Just lets his guys play four on five. All right. So my question to you: Does the person who tweeted this uh, does his handle end in NBA? Does his handle start in Coach? Is his avatar picture himself playing basketball in college, or is his avatar picture a literal basketball? <laughs> uh, does it? I'm going to go with ends in NBA. Nope. It's oh. a literal basketball. This man is... Is it a cartoon basketball or an actual picture of a basketball? It's a Spalding actual <laughs> basketball. That okay, is sure. just, that's, that's how this man represents himself on Twitter. He just is indicative he's the of how voice, much he knows. Okay. Yeah, he's a voice of the basketball itself. <laughs> basketball doesn't uh, want to be handled by Harden at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows. He knows. He's speaking up. Um, all right. Another response. That is the biggest thing I hate in basketball and literally grinds my gears. Um, okay, so <laughs> this man said literally grinds my gears. So my first question to you is, is he a robot or not? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. He's probably not a robot, but he could be uh, Peter Griffin. Um, okay, so uh, what... So the, so, the, so the real question is, what city do you think this person is from? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. But I, again, he says, literally grinds my gears. I give you a hint. It's a city that's filled with terrible people, a um, bunch of trash monsters in general. So just take a guess. <laughs> take a guess at, at what guess. city. Uh, is, it, um, is it Philadelphia? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one. Uh, one play doesn't define Harden. His man was always engaged on him. Wasn't like they're playing four on five. Shame Rivers fumbled the ball. That's the only mistake in this play. So a defender. A defender. Okay. Now my question to you is this this person has based their whole whole Twitter identity on a type of music. So both their avatar and handle um, have to do with a type of music. And so your options for that type of music are metal, <laughs> reggae, rap, or my personal favorite type of music, ska. What do you think, which, which, which type of music do you think it is, Lucas? Mm, um, I don't know, I feel like saying reggae. Oh, correct. This <laughs> is indeed the Rasta Man 8. And it seems avatar. pretty chill. Is a Jamaican flag <laughs> with like a lion behind it. Yes. So... Two of three, I believe. Two That's of three. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Uh, well, best of luck to you and, and the Rockets. Do you think what are your what's your feeling on the Rockets' chances this year? Oh man, they've had some really bad losses where they had no business losing, like on Christmas Day. Um, 
I don't know. They'll make the playoffs. They'll probably make it past the first round, and then Harden will probably average 35 points, seven assists, seven boards, and they'll lose in the second round, <laughs> and then he'll get <laughs> crucified on Twitter. <laughs> probably, if I had to guess, based on recent history. Yeah, I, uh, that's yeah, that's that's the most likely uh, uh, sequence of events. What, what what happens to Westbrook? I mean, do, you, do, do does Westbrook get blamed or? Uh, so yeah, oh my God! So Rockets fans had a they, they kind of fucking hated Westbrook during the Westbrook Harden MVP run. So they've had to clearly change their tune since he joined the team. But any night he goes like seven for twenty or like I don't, whatever his line was last night, like he missed a lot of shots. They just they talk about how shitty he is, but. I don't know. He's got some. He's had a really good run of games before that. Uh, so he just had like a bad December, or not a bad December, or a bad uh, October when they started those first few games. Had a really good month so far, and then a shitty game uh, yesterday. So I don't know. I think he'll just keep plugging away, and Harden seems to love him. But I feel like I heard on a podcast today that like the host was hearing that they're shopping him. They're willing to trade him <laughs> if they can find a trade. More, well, more will I... trade anybody. <laughs> to be honest. Well, the... <laughs> The behind-the-scenes rumbling was, um, you know, Harden wanted Chris Paul gone, and Harden gave the organization an ultimatum, like, trade Chris Paul or else I'm going to issue my own trade demand. So <laughs> their, like, their hands were tied, and, sure. like, they basically, you know, had to do that trade. Um, and I don't I don't think they ever really wanted Westbrook. I don't think it was, like, they weren't, like, it wasn't, like, a guy they, like, set out to get. And now, now they're just sort of stuck with him. So I'm sure if somebody wants Westbrook, I'm sure the the Rockets would be happy to oblige. But yeah. I don't think any I don't think anybody's going to trade for that contract. No, um, well, I mean, I didn't think anyone was going to trade for Chris Paul. But you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you? Uh, I, I I mean, look, no, no offense, Lucas. You know, I, I don't I don't want to burst your bubble, but it, it doesn't. It, Maybe I'm wrong. It does seem like the Rockets are headed towards a bit of a rough patch. With, oh, my God. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> it does when Harden seem is some... past his prime, that team is going to be – they'll have no draft picks. They yeah. have traded basically every draft pick they're allowed to trade. Um, they're not developing any youth. They, they pick players up that are undrafted, sign them with three years, three-year deals, in hopes that they can then trade them for something else with their draft picks attached. So it is – going to be brutal. If, I don't know if it's a year, two, three years from now. It's going to be a fucking train wreck. I'm, yeah, I'm already the, looking for a new team to root for. Okay. That's, that, would be, that would be my question to you. Are, do you follow my, you know, my philosophy that just find a new team? So will you find a new team or will you stick with them? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of laying, uh, like kind of staking out the Dallas Mavericks right now. They're just up the road. <laughs> Luka Doncic is pretty fun to watch. He's just like Harden, except uh, people don't hate him yet. So... I think, yeah, I think I'll yeah. probably uh, jump on board with them. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. I'm sure they'll find reasons to hate him. Of course. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. It was nice to nice to talk Rockets. We don't talk that much Rockets. Except, well, actually, we don't talk. We don't give the Rockets any love. So it's nice to have a little bit of <laughs> yeah. positive Rockets talk uh, on the podcast. So uh, so I, we I, we appreciate it. Um, or I appreciate it. I don't. Who knows? John and Dave probably won't listen. They probably to us, don't. So whatever. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, thanks again, Lucas. All right. So continuing on, we have Rock from Slovenia, who's gonna, you know, help us out, giving us, you know, some ways that, you know, who knows? Maybe we find ourselves in conversation with Luca. Maybe we bump into Luca on the street, or better yet, maybe we bunk it, bump into Mrs. Dantich on the street, and we need to start a conversation. So Rock kindly called in from Slovenia 
to give us some good Slovenian phrases to use. New segment, uh, trying to impress Luca by by speaking a few words of his language. We'll start off with the pronunciation of the the, the country that he comes from, uh, which is of course Slovenia, and not Slovenia or Slovenia or something like that, because of course, as you may know, Luca may appear to be slow, or maybe somebody thinks he has a weenie, but actually. Actually, he loves the game, so love should be a clue. And he likes to listen to Enya, you know, the, the, the Irish singer. Uh, what's the song? Orinoco Flow, okay? So, S, and then love, and Enya. got Slovenia. Okay, that's it. Simple. We the Slovene people are famous for having spectacular foreign language learning skills. It's gotten to that degree that uh, uh, it's it's kind of hindering us because nobody wants to speak Slovene anymore. Yeah. As soon as we, we learn a foreign language, try to impress tourists with that knowledge. Yeah. Well, I myself tend to go the other way. I also go to touristy places and with people Ask me, uh, do you know where the, 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 this, let's say, great pizzeria is? And of course I answer them, I, I, I'm glad to oblige them. I say, And of course, like you may be wondering, they don't understand me, but I gesticulate uh, and slowly but surely I uh, instill the language in them, yeah? Okay, so the, the second one. The second thing you want to impress uh, Luca is if you with, if you don't manage to sh by shouting Slovenia, which is gonna impress him for sure. But the second one is is greeting force. For the lazy ones, American, Americans are lazy with languages. Let's be honest, and uh, you're gonna impress him with a semi-correct greeting. Is gonna sound a little bit uh, southern Slovenian uh, dialect, Dolenschina, but you're gonna use two two words, and it's gonna be greeting in Slovenia. Luca resembles a player that is, uh, that was a bird, okay? So you're going to use kaku, kaku is a bird, and then the, the, the word see, to see, yeah, to look to see. So you're going to put them together, kaku, see, okay? You're going to impress the balls out of him. Probably he'll answer to you something like odlično, fantastično, maybe even noro which you actually don't really need to understand since he probably is going to say something like great in English. But what if he asks you back? Yeah? What if he asks you back, Kakositi? Well, you'll just use the code from this part. This part actually is also was made a few years ago with these things in mind. Yeah, you're just going to use the half of the title of this part. You're just going to respond, super. If you can manage a hard R, R, so super, even better. Matt really limited me with my time, like John was limited, with his uh, descriptions of Philadelphia, uh, 76ers games where they won and he could speak for one minute every time. Now I have one minute, which is gradually but surely coming to an end. So 
maybe next time we can learn some phrases how to hit on Luca's mom, Miriam, in Slovene, po slovensko. But for now, that's it for me for today. So I'm just gonna leave you with a simple Slovene word for goodbye. Adio. Alright, let's do some other segments. I want to do uh, NBA movie reviews. Um, and so maybe spoilers for the latest Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Maybe not. I don't know. It just just to be safe, skip ahead. If you don't want to be spoiled for um, The Rise of Skywalker. I would compare this movie to the current 2019-2020 Golden State Warriors. Um, the reason for that, so we have... I would say, you know, if you look at the Warriors over the past couple of years, dominant, obviously. But still, you know, something a little off. Like, they don't quite, they don't capture the magic of the pre-Durant Warriors. That's how I view these current, the current Star Wars sequels. Where the first two, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, I enjoyed them while I watched them. But the more I thought about them... They just didn't sit right with me. They were just like glaring kind of logic holes um, in both those movies. And the first one for me, I just didn't really understand who the First Order is. Like I thought we beat the Empire in the previous trilogy and now we have the First Order, which seems they seem just as powerful as the Empire. The, our good guys are called the Resistance. But didn't they win? Aren't they like in charge? So ex- I mean, I guess they're resisting the First Order, but like it was never like just really fully explained the geopolitics of you know, of, uh, you know, the context of what exactly was going on. Like, I don't, I don't need like 20 minutes on like trade and taxation, like the Phantom Menace had, but I just need somebody to explain who these people are, like what happened. Like, I thought we won in Return of the Jedi. Like, what's going on? Going back to another Death Star in The Force Awakens as well was just like, you know, while you're watching it, you're having fun, but you're just like, really? That's what we did? We did another Death Star? It just seemed, in retrospect, kind of annoying. My problem with The Last Jedi, again, I loved the when I saw The Last Jedi, I fully enjoyed the ride. But the real big thing that bothered me with The Last Jedi, thinking about it more and more, was the force projection. How Luke, at the end, again, spoilers, spoilers for Last Jedi, Luke force projects himself to face down uh, the First Order. And then, because it's so exhausting, he dies. To me, it just felt like too clever for its own good, like one step too complicated. Just have him go there. He just goes there, faces him down, is a badass, like fights, he's all badass. And then ultimately, you know, he can't defeat all those troops and he dies. It's the same thing. It's the same story beats. You've just added this force projection like layer that make it kind of lame. Like it would be way more cool if it's just him literally taking on the entire empire. He even says that at the beginning of the movie. Like, I'm not, what do you expect me to go? go like take on the entire empire it'd be cool if he actually did you know kind of died trying and was like a badass in the process like that to me was like it's such a better story beat than the force projection it just really bothered me you know in addition to the canto the canto blight section which just sort of felt tacked on like ending ending with the broom boy who gets the power is cool and it's like almost worth it for that but it was just a little too much and ultimately the prequels those first two have that problem where um, Finn and Poe 
are kind of the same character. And Poe was originally supposed to die, like in the first draft or whatever of The Force Awakens, he was supposed to die. And he should have just died because ultimately he doesn't really serve a purpose or one of those characters is always not really – they feel superflu- superfluous where it's like, why is this person here? Like you don't really need that person. And so in The Last Jedi, it's like why Finn doesn't really have anything to do. It's not – he should have been doing what Poe was doing, that, that whole movie. And then it really you know comes – uh, you know, we can really see that see that in uh, the Rise of Skywalker, where both those guys are kind of just doing the same thing. Anyways, my point with all this is the original trilogy, or the whatever the one from the '80s, is that original Warriors team, where it was like so much fun, everyone loves it, exhilarating. And then the post Durant uh, Warriors are like, um, you know, those first two movies where it's just you know, okay, it's cool. Hey, they're winning. Everyone's watching it. Everyone's there. Everyone's down. But, you know, it's just something a little off. Then we get to this movie, which, in my opinion, is an utter disaster. Just absolutely awful, terrible, um, uh, an abomination, um, you know, a sin against, the you know, nature and God. Um, just, you know, really, just, 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 there's nothing good about it, in my opinion. I mean, maybe the acting is good and some of the relationships, but I mean, like, and maybe we'll get into this on a future episode, but there are so many things that are bad about this movie. In my opinion, you know, if you liked it, great. Good for you. But, um, yeah, what a disaster. Just like this current uh, Warriors team. All right. That's NBA Movie Reviews. Let's get to another segment that I introduced last week, I believe. Economics. Economics, NBA economics. Um, and so this week, um, the concept of price ceilings. So a price ceiling is when the government or some other entity says the price cannot go above a certain amount. And, you know, when it really matters is when the market price is above whatever this amount would be. So a classic example is rent control, but let's not get into that. Let's talk about another classic example, which will be college athletics. The market would say these uh, athletes should be paid. Like they are producing all this value for the schools, you know, in terms of, you know, their games get huge ratings, the TV contracts net the schools millions of dollars. So, like, clearly these athletes should be uh, paid, but they're not allowed to be paid. The the price ceiling in that that case is zero. And price ceilings basically never work. If you look at price ceilings out in the wild, like, they never work because the price is wrong. And so there's an incentive for people to do things under the table. So, I mean, I guess we could go to rent control. Like rent control, the you know, a rent control apartment is like a prime good deal. And so there are maybe bribes. I mean, in college, my friend Andy paid a bribe for a rent control apartment to the landlord. Um, you know, or there's discrimination involved or, you know, the, someone's family member gets it. And so they're like the market always finds a way. Like yeah, so in college athletes, obviously these guys are all paid, but, you know, they're paid under the table. There's like shady bag men who like give them money or, you know, a car dealership lets them use, um, you know, some sort of nice car. So where we've seen this in professional basketball is, again, with max salaries for the true superstars, for the LeBrons, um, the LeBrons of the world or, you know, Kobe, you know, when he was in his prime, um, basically the max these guys are only allowed to be paid a certain amount. And now it's like whatever it is, $30 million, $35 million or something. But that's actually too low. Like their market their market salary would be higher than that. Like if, you know, if LeBron could command whatever, you know, if it was just open market bidding for what, for what LeBron would be worth, it would probably be like $100 million in terms of what he's worth to a, to a franchise. And so like, you know, 
it's a, it's a very small group of guys. Before a small group of guys, the, the actual superstars, they're underpaid. And so where we saw this was uh, this week it, the reporting came out. I mean, we all – I think we said this actually when it happened, that this was probably what was going on, is Kawhi's Uncle Dennis apparently, allegedly, in meetings was asking for a lot more. He was asking for a private jet to fly him around. He was asking for an ownership stake um, in teams. And the general reaction, at least that I saw on Reddit, was like, you know, outrage. Like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this guy? You know, why would he – how could he ask for these things? Well, of course he's going to ask for these things. Like, why not? Kawhi Leonard, for what he brings to a franchise, what we just saw in the Raptors, like, you know, the, if you put a dollar amount on that title, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars is what it means for the Raptors and Canada in general and for those players and the people associated with the franchise for the course of their – the rest of their career to be known as championship uh, caliber, um, you know, whatever, players and, and owners and GMs. So it's like, you know, the value of Kawhi is far greater than the $30 million that the Clippers are allowed to pay him or other teams are allowed to pay him. So why not? Why not ask for other stuff? You know, see what you can get. Like, um, you know, you are actually worth more than that. Like, I don't, it's, I don't see the outrage. And to me, it just, again, shows you that price ceilings don't work. And we see this with other players. Like LeBron... You know, made made the Cavs, um, you know, hire all his friends to do like various jobs amongst the Cavs. Like, again, that's a form of you know getting extra payment beyond um, the max salary. Now, obviously, what Kawhi asked, Kawhi asked for was a little bit more egregious, or allegedly asked for. But hey, price ceilings don't work. They never work. They always lead to some sort of you know massive inefficiency. Um, if you're interested in the subject, there's a great uh, NPR Planet Money on cheese. It's called the government cheese, I think is what it's called. Um, and it shows you how when the government put price ceilings in milk, all the crazy stuff that happened because of that. We 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 got government cheese and we got um, we got those milk commercials with the milk mustache. All that stems from an ill-fated price ceiling in the 1980s in, in the milk market. Anyways, my point is, hey, Kawhi, keep being Kawhi. Uncle Dennis, keep being Uncle Dennis. Get whatever you can. I don't begrudge the man. I don't begrudge the man for trying to get paid what he's worth. Um, all right. That has, again, been NBA uh, economics. No shout-outs and beefs this week. I don't have any shout-outs and beefs, I don't think. Um, you know, my shout-out shout out to Christmas. Always love that holiday. Super fun. Shout-out to the Lakers-Clippers game for being um, quite enjoyable. Going down to the wire. Um Shout out to Lucas. Shout out to Rock uh, for coming on. Um, beefing, obviously, with, with John and Dave forcing me to do this podcast. Basically, you know, they just take off. Of course, the podcast still needs to get done. So I got to do a podcast here on the break. Although, you know, of course, I love it. Love doing it. Obviously, I love to hear myself talk, as you could tell from uh, from this, whatever, however long this podcast is, probably a bit shorter than the other ones. But, you know, so I don't mind doing it. But come on. John and Dave, where are your priorities at? You know, prioritizing travel and your relationships over uh, an obscure basketball podcast? Get out of here. All right. So I may do this again. We'll see. I, I think they're still gone next week. So uh, basically, if, if Patreon supporters want to come on, um, hit me up. Um, and if enough people want to come on, I'll do it again. I thought, uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought Lucas and Rock acquitted themselves quite nicely. Um, so until next week or until maybe two weeks from now, keep moving. <laughs>